Terry, is there like a guarantee we'll sing that song again? Choir, y'all in? Like, can we do it again right now? That's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Wow. That would be like my father, wouldn't it? (laughs) Thank you guys for leading us in worship. Um, Everybody say goodbye to the kids. Hi. See you in a little bit. Whew. I feel absolutely in a glorious way, emotionally wrung out right now. Do you not? I mean, how can we boast anymore in the cross? I have two um, stories, and then I want to speak just a few minutes for a few minutes this morning out of Colossians, the third chapter, verses 23 and 24. And I want to talk about integrity, character. And just talk about our response to the cross, and I believe there is a response to the cross, and it it is a life that is that is a life given for integrity. That this room should be filled with men and women and students and children of character because of the cross. And, uh, and that should be just really our boast. Uh, the gospel in life is our series, meaning that the gospel is not preserved for this room. It plays itself, itself out in day in and day out life. And it is um, beautiful. I, I love the choir story as they were rehearsing that song, We Will Remember. And they got to the last uh, lyric, and I don't know really how it started. I've just heard at least five choir members tell me that that was a sacred moment as they began to say, we, we know the story of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because it's not a story to us that is some ancient tale, but it is, an, it is a d- deeply personal story. And someone just raised their hand and said, I can tell you the date and time when I came to know Jesus Christ as Lord. And I can tell you what that meant for me, much like Dr. Dan said, you know, two or three years ago now, Dr. Dan came to know Christ. Two or three hundred years ago, Dr. Dan came to know Jesus. And so, uh, and, and, and God has shaped everything from that point forward. And, and that room just began, and Ryan said, I thought it would go on for two or three stories. It went on for ten or fifteen stories of just the power of the cross and the Beauty of walking with Christ. If I'm going to talk about integrity, my favorite Dr. Dan story is one that I, I can't capture. It's a, you had to be there a moment, but you know, you, you have integrity when those closest to you love you the most, but more importantly, look at you with a sense of awe or reverence, if you will. And I can just tell you, I had one of the most poignant moments of worship in this church at the um, benediction. It's been quite a few months ago, and I was standing here at the front, and um, I have been, likewise, knocked out of the way by Dr. Dan, even last Sunday. And, and we know when he has something on his heart, he's going to share it, and I, I don't remember that day why he felt led to pray, but anytime he feels led to pray, my answer is yes. And I, I had a moment of integrity, of just seeing integrity or character played out as I'm standing literally right here, and Dr. Dan is right here, and he starts to pray, and I told him, Tuesday in staff meeting, I said, you just got to have a confession about your family. Your family doesn't, they don't close their eyes when you're praying. You're going to need to do some like family training in that, and that's it's just wrong. And the reason was so powerful. I, I looked over at you guys, all of you that were in the room, and I'll try not to cry. It just so moved me, and I thought, God, if I can have this integrity one day to have my children and my children's children 
When I'm praying, they're looking in tears, staying their face. Because they're just so thankful for a man who has walked out character and integrity in their lives. And I could just pray for those of us in this room that that would be our story. That we've been so radically transformed that people, when we just begin to speak or pray or when we speak or pray and you try to give honor to us, we're just going to point back to Jesus. We're just going to point back to His story. We're going to point back to His grace and His goodness. And if, if by the way, we could point our family and tears will streak their faces, maybe just maybe it's very authentic and real when there's deep character involved, integrity. I'm going to give this, and I've, um, I'm a little later getting up than I thought today, and we'll get out when we get out in just a few minutes. But I just want you to hang with me for a moment because I, I just have this definition of character. I heard this at Promise Keepers about 10 or 12 years ago. Not at Promise Keepers. I heard this at um, Catalyst, and it was either Dave Ramsey or uh, John Maxwell. They said, character is the will to do what is right, as defined by God, regardless the personal cost. If I were going to write something down today that was pretty important, I would write down Colossians 3, 23 and 24, because those words far outweigh the words I just spoke. But I would write that down. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God. And here's the, here's the catch on that. Regardless the personal cost. That has stuck with me. You know, you have those messages you hear and there's a sticky sentence that you just kind of go, I'll probably remember that in 11 years. When I was sitting in the room listening, I don't remember who said it, but I, I many years ago thought that will stick. And I, I was studying for this message and that sticking moment just said to me, Mark, this is what you're talking about. When you're pleading with this church that every whatever of our lives will be laden with the weight of the glory of God, we're talking about character. The will, if we will, of our core to do what is right as defined by God, regardless of what that costs us. And I just would, I would just say to you out the gate, there will be a tremendous cost as you align your life with the truth of the Word of God, the person of the Spirit of God, and the life of Jesus Christ in you, your hope of glory. And so if I could, I would like to just read Colossians 3, 23 and 24. And then I just want to elaborate. And if you would pray and I will pray, we'll ask the Holy Spirit to tell me when to stop. And um, most of you are aware that I'm pretty good about that when dinner's on the table. In Colossians, the third chapter, and I'm so excited about Dr. Dan having his Bible rebound because I now have hope for this Bible. And it just says these words, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working at it unto the Lord. You're not doing this for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ that you're serving. And in everyday life, as you go about life and say, God, I have the will and desire to do what is right. This is, this is the sentence that God really parked in my heart. Let every whatever of my life be given unto the glory of God. And that's, that's, that sounds trite until you begin to say this. God, I want every single facet of my life. Character and integrity for me are a synonym. And um, the same word, essentially, and I love the word integrity, rooted, integrated, just saying, look, God, there's not the like spiritual time when I'm with you, and then this other parts where I'm not. There's no components or compartments to my life that are separated. Father, I have integrity. I have character. 
Every whatever of my life is done unto the glory of God. And, and I want my life to be this. I want to do what is right as defined by God. I want to have the will for that. And I know that, God, in moments that will cost me, but I want every whatever to be about you. I want the gospel to just be a wonder in my life. And I'm praying that for us as a church. That the gospel will just be the very center, the epicenter of our church, that it will hold us together, that every whatever, if you were here last week, whatever you're called to do, whatever you choose to do, whatever God commands from you, as you study the Word of God, these whatevers, they're not nebulous and vague. God, we just, we want to sing about you and, you know, the power of the cross and we're hallelujah in that. No, no. Tonight at midnight, men, when we sit down to get onto our computer, that is whatever. How we honor our spouses, that is the whatever. How we raise our kids to chase after eternal trophies, those are the whatevers of life. And it's, this could spill out where I could just list for days and miss yours and just, this, this is just my question today. What whatever in your life is not done unto the glory of God? And that is the moment that God is wanting to step into this room and say, this is bigger than a ser- sermon. This is a point of broken character and lack of integrity in your part. And I would pray as we think about this Scripture for a few moments that every whatever of your life will be done unto the glory of God. Every whatever will be done for the glory in the name of Jesus Christ. And that would just be what we're about. And this is, um, this is I love Romans 12, 1 and 2 as it talks about this. It says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies in response to the gospel, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This will be in this room right now as you begin to say, God, what whatever are you asking me to lay at your cross? This will be the sticking point where we will have a spiritual act of worship or not this morning. As we begin to say to God, God, there are whatevers that you are asking me to crucify at the cross of Jesus Christ and I want to die to them. So I can come alive to everything that you want from and for me. And so God, I want this. This isn't your, your Lenten season sacrificial verse right here. This isn't your, I'm going to give up Coke for the next, you know, 47 days. I'm going to sacrifice and give up dessert. I'm going to get off social network. There's our Lenten sacrifices. I'm not sure that that's what Paul is saying when he says, I am coming before you, church, and urging you, brothers, in view of the cross of Jesus Christ, in view of the mercy and grace of Jesus Christ, I am coming before you, asking you to lay down your lives as living sacrifices. I am asking you to submit your will to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I am asking you to be defined by God, and in being defined by God, there will be personal costs. And and do not forsake hearing me, people, Paul would say, I invite you into the personal cost to be about the will of God and to move your lives in line with that and live your lives as I put in your notes and we're only going to tackle this first thought before an audience of one. And just to say, Father, I give my life before you. There's two tenets that I would just say, two truths of faith that will just define the next 10 or 15 minutes and then we're going to walk out of here with ample to think about. The first I would say is this, that God is the creator of all things. Welcome to Rocket Science Church. And you belong to Him would be my second tenet 
that just really harbors us in this rooted question of God, if that's true, then I want to have the will to do what is right as defined by you, regardless of the cost. And here's why you would say that. It's because God is the Creator of all things. And you and I, as His children, belong to Him. God's sovereignty is established from the first words of Scripture as He began to speak creation into being. He is the Creator of all things. He possesses the power to create the heavens and the earth before the foundation of the world. You were a part of His creation. And when we begin to understand that sovereign hand of God in Isaiah, it says, to whom then should I liken? Or whom shall be my equal, says the Lord. We're just walking in this room going, you are God and there's none like you. You are the Creator from the beginning of this, this is, this is really fun in light of our, what's well, not fun, it's tragic in light of our Bible study this morning as to our ability to just turn from that ultimate creator who has all for us and just simply turn and say, we would rather assert our will and we will take a far greater price for asserting our will than submitting our will to the Lordship of who you are, Jesus Christ. He is the creator and you belong to Him. And from the very beginning of time and the beginning of our presence on this earth, we begin to walk away from that creation, that power, and that goodness. We choose wrong. We are a people of great sin. And God just comes in and says, look, I, I, I mean, if you look at the beginning of creation, from the very moment we come in and start to hide with this stuff, and God came in with this great rescue plan, and He just said, look, there is consequence for this sin, but I want to trade your old life for this new life by grace, for glory. Praise God, He knows my name. And we just sit in this room going, are you kidding me? And God, we long to live this new life in pursuit of You. And in, in reality, what God is doing is saying, I am making all things new through the death, burial, and resurrection of who I am in Jesus Christ. And I am asking you to come into me and repent of that and to walk in fullness of who I am. And Paul says it this way. He says, so those of you who have whatever's in this room, here's what you should know. You were bought with the price. Therefore, as an as a offering back with that price, glorify God with your whatever's. And it would be my prayer in this room that you would be cycling through your life and say, God, is every component of my life integrated for your glory? Is every whatever of who I am done unto the glory and the weightiness of who you are? And if not, can I be broken of that? That would spark revival in this room. As we just simply said, God, move in spirit and in truth. The problem, I just jotted this sentence, the problem with all this of glorifying God with your body, the problem we have with this is that it causes us to surrender control. And most of us in this room would rather say we're going to stay in control even if it is leading us to a giant shipwreck. We would rather have control. The degree to which we surrender control is a degree to which we benefit in this life and for eternity. Said another way, quoting Jesus, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses my life for his kingdom, for this kingdom's sake, the kingdom of Christ's sake, will gain, and I can start filling in the blank, will just gain 
the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And we're just sitting in this room going, okay, Lord, I will surrender. In order for be a, to be a people who are given to the eternal weight of glory, we must be a people who are just sitting in this room saying, we surrender all. It's a great old hymn. It's an even greater truth that desperately craves to infiltrate our lives. Based on the sovereignty of God, He is creator of all things. And the truth of who He is, and who we are in Him, that we belong to Him, I would just love to introduce you again to the idea of character invading every whatever. Character is this. The will to do what is right, as defined by God, regardless the personal cost, or said differently, whatever I'm going to do, I'm going to do in the name of the Lord. Before I do it in His name, I'm going to do it with all heart. I'm going to do it with my soul, with the essence of who I am, and I am going to do all that I do unto the name of God. And that's the problem with where we stopped last weekend. We said, whatever we do, whatever we're called, commanded, chosen to do, do it with heart, and we stopped there. What about those of us that are doing many things that are antithetical to the nature and the truth of God's Word? What do we do? And that's where we pick up in a day. Look, you're whatever. If you can't stand before the God of the universe, the sinless, holy one, and say, God, this is... If the words that finish your sentence aren't for your glory, then you're nowhere in the realm of every whatever of your life done for the glory of the living God. And may this be true of us that every whatever in this room is either repented of or lifted up to His name before we walk out of this room. Because every whatever is done for the glory of God or it is waste. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God regardless of what it would cost you to lay down that whatever that is raping your life of the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ. It just really comes in and says, look, I, I wrote down there's two ingredients to this. It demands a commitment of this sentence. Character is the will to do what is right as defined by God regardless the cost. God, every whatever is done unto you. It will call for a commitment to do what is right regardless of it cost us. This is once again not rocket science day. I'm just kind of going, God, you know what? I am willing. This means that when temptation clouds our thinking and we're sitting in going, do I or do not, do I not do this? There are a, there are greater principles than our current emotional state. There are greater principles in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, folks, than how we feel. And I'm so burned on Christians going, I just want to be happy. No, no. How about this? Let's pursue holiness together. Let's pursue this idea of living out Jesus Christ knowing that we may even die to some of our emotional happiness in that process. Because there, there is far greater joy and eternal weight of glory that is on the line here. And if I have to tolerate a little bit of suffering or maybe lack of happiness for a few moments, that will be of no consequence compared to the eternal weight of glory in Jesus Christ. So there's just this commitment when we start to say every whatever is done for your glory. God, there is a commitment that we will do right whatever it costs us. And there's a second commitment in this. That, that Just read it. There is an absolute standard. And we don't like this. And I would say the generation behind us is young people. 
No, no. None of us like this beginning with the fall. That there is an absolute standard as defined by God. There is a standard of right and wrong, one that exists beyond our experiences, our emotions, and our current plot of life. There should really be some amen right out Okay, there's a bigger story and a greater truth. And it is just what if every whatever is going to be determined by this, I'm just I'm gonna say this better. Every whatever, if done for the glory of God, will be determined by us being a church who are passionate and convicted about the Word of God. About a group of people who aren't just going, oh, it's a good sermon today, I read it. No, people who are looking and saying, we will devour this Scripture. We will follow Colonel Dan's example and we will wear our Bibles out so that they have to be rebound because we want to know what the defined right, wrong of God is. It would just be beautiful happening in this church, wouldn't it? And then when we run face to face with the whatever that doesn't align with Scripture, we are immediately broken. I mean, we're just sitting there going, wow, 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 that's not me. Holy God, I am so sorry. Please put me back together so that this whatever is for your glory. Just, I, I don't know if you've... Um, I just wrote down some whatevers and I'll, I'll start to wrap. I, I, I don't know if, if this is too vague for you, so I just wrote down some examples. Like, it's... Don't you love that friend? You're just with them and you know that there's nothing that they're going to say that will be detrimental to another person. You're just safe. More than that, your conversation is just going to be incredible. I could just start piecing scriptures with this. That there's just nothing unwholesome that comes out of their mouth. I mean, it is for the edifying of the saints of Christ. Don't you love a person with that kind of whatever? I... I just, you can use your own examples. You'll do better than me, but don't you love the person who walks when, when it's not safe? You know, don't you love the person who just, you start to hear stuff and you know, I'm either going to call this out or walk. We were talking to our kids about this and going, something going on in school and some bullying stuff. And I just said, look, you either walk or you step into it and you do, there's just, there's nothing safe about this. Don't you don't you love that in church when you're don't you love when you're a part of a church where you just know the Holy Spirit is all up in this place and it is like the safest place that you can ever be in? You ever been a part of a church like that? It would be a universal amen, I would pray. And if not, and a universal lifting of this to Jesus. Just where you're just I mean, I used to tell kids, we had several hundred kids coming into a ministry, and most of them, at least half, did not know Jesus. And the one thing we kept saying is, that, you know, Richburg Middle School, it is not safe. Davidson Middle School, not safe. Crestview High, not safe. But when you walk in here, you're just safe. Don't you love that? It's just, that's a whatever, right? I, 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 don't you love the person, I mean, you see him walking. Husbands, don't you love when you look at your wife and her face is just a glow? This is a whatever. I mean, don't you love... When you run into a spouse and their countenance just says, this guy loves me like Christ loves the church. 
This, this is the verses right before, by the way, men. I mean, just glance at your wife today. What's her countenance? Don't you love the whatever to just say, God, I just, I just want her to be better because I'm in her life. Don't you love the guys? And you know these guys are just walking around and this isn't arrogance or anything. They're just, they have an extra boost in their step because their wife believes in them even when nobody else does, even when they don't. Don't, don't you love, don't you love young girls? Don't you love the end of the night of your date when you don't have to wonder what's going to happen because this guy's protecting you more than you will? Some of you, cause I got, don't you love that? Don't you love men? I mean, to be able to say, this is what Campus Crusade taught us, that a, a date, that the girls ought to be going, please take me out because a date is a divine appointment by God. I added the by God part. A divine appointment to encourage. So they're not sitting around going, I wonder what he's going to do in the next few minutes that I'm going to have to fight. Oh, no, no, no. They're out with a follower of Jesus and he's just looking at this as a chance to say, God, I get to tell her what a great creation she is by you. What an amazing woman she is after God's heart. And that is all that we're about. Some of the guys in the room should be saying, please God. And some of the guys in the room should be lifting up holy hands saying, I have failed. Forgive me. And I want the young ladies who come into my life that I walk with, I want them to be preparing for their future husband and I may or may not be it and I will do whatever to have that happen. Hey girls, wouldn't you love it? If the guy, guys, wouldn't you love this if you didn't have to sit around and say, look, all I'm going to think about is Jesus because your wardrobe leads me to think about that. Wouldn't that be awesome? Some of you are going, oh, he's getting all legal. No, I'm just thinking here that it would benefit our young men and our old men if we just stopped and thought as women, we want you to see thy character of heart and not what I bring to the table physically. Wouldn't it be awesome for these young guys when they roll down on the date, young ladies, just say, look, look, I'm going to show you who Jesus is. And that's what you'll see. Those are those are the whatevers. This isn't vague. We want this to be vague. We want this to be out there because out there, we don't have to do anything with it. But what happens in here when we start to say, every whatever of my life is for your glory, God. It causes us to break before the King of glory. And say, God, we want to have the will to do what is right as defined by God, whatever the personal cost. I'll end with this story and just say, Holy Spirit, do what you see fit. Um, I saw this in Crestview, Florida. It's funny, Kenny's here. I didn't know he was going to pop in. Um, he's from our prior church. Um, the, the Tom Thumb that is about two miles from our church. I kind of got to see this in action. Like, God, what if every whatever were not a big deal to me? What if I saw the little things in life as not a big deal? I was standing in Tom Thumb, and they have like plastered, right? There are not Tom Thumbs here, right? So let's go with Gate if you're going to relate. But it's not gate. It was Tom Thumb. It is a slice of heaven in the panhandle of Florida. Superseded only by, oh, thank heaven. Do y'all not know 7-Eleven? Come on, people. So I was, I was walking through Tom Thumb and they had a sign up by their coffee cups that just literally said, you know, if, if you mess up this cup, it's a nickel. So don't just toss it. You know, so I filled the coffee, and this part right here, this little section, cracked. 
And I just set it down to the side, and I'm thinking it cracked. The sign's there. I'm not paying for it. I'm just going to throw this thing away. So I get more coffee, and then I'm just, you know, it's a whatever. So I looked at the Lord, and I just kind of went, okay, doggone it. So I carried that cup up, and I just said, this cup, you know, it's a nickel. I'm just, I got coffee. Can you add a nickel? And I love what this guy said. He said, dude, I know you're the pastor about a mile and a half from here. <laughs> and I was watching you with that cup. I wonder, I wonder what we trade for a nickel. I wonder what eternal glory that right now in this room we have traded out for a nickel. And let me just tell you, it matters. It mattered to a young man that I had the will to do what is right as defined by God regardless of the personal cost. It mattered. It matters. It matters that you wrestle with this with the Lord and say, God, does every whatever of my life hold an eternal weight of glory? You know, I, just, I don't want to overcook this, but Jesus has called us into the ministry of reconciliation and invited us in to be ambassadors of the cross of Jesus Christ. This is not a small deal. And I wonder how we will respond, not even in this room this morning, although there may be response in this room, but I wonder what the Holy Spirit is going to wrestle through with us as we begin to say, Holy God. And so I'll just say this is a prayer. You can leave eyes open or closed. It doesn't matter to me. This is my prayer for us, that Holy God, every whatever in this room will be given for the weight of the glory of Jesus Christ. That would be my prayer for this morning. So we're going to sing, and Ryan and the band are coming right now, and Dr. Dan is going to come here at the front. It's a good day to come hug him. This is not the time to just come hug him, although I'm setting you up for that, but if there is something that you want him to pray with you about, something that you have been wrestling with, something that is a whatever that has a stronghold in your life, he would love to pray with you. Maybe you're kind of saying, Mark, I don't know you, and I don't know him. Maybe you have a friend in the room and you know the best thing that we'll do in the next couple of minutes is not sing with our band, but you will actually just turn to a friend and say, look, I need you to pray with me. And maybe there are some of us in this room that simply want to come to an altar before God. There, I love, someone said this last week, we love altars. I love altars. There are moments when we build and say, God, we will never be the same. And maybe there's been something that you heard and you know that the Holy Spirit said, Look, pastor didn't even say this, but this is you. I'm just inviting many altars to be built in this room to say, Jesus, change our name in this moment. Change my priority. Change my heart. Move me into the irrefutable, indisputable truth of who you are. If that's you, this is a great moment to respond. Some of you need a story that you have yet to tell because you don't have it yet. The story of Jesus' salvation. Dr. Dan would love to tell you about that. I would as well. Would you come as we sing? Some of you are saying, look, I want to be in in the middle of this move of Christ. And I want this to be my home church and I want to share life with a group of people who are running toward heaven. If that's you, will you come? In whatever way you see 
sense the Spirit of God inviting you to respond. Will you do that right now as we sing? Would you stand? Would you sing with us? Will you respond?